Life coaching. Think of it as basically having a personal trainer, but for literally everything. Are you struggling to break bad habits? Do you feel dissatisfied at work? Are you struggling to be creative? Maybe you're always anxious, stressed, or irritated. Well, bam, enter Life Coach. Sometimes they work with a therapist to get you where you need to be. Other times they might focus on the fitness aspect. Basically, it's that knowledgeable, motivational friend we could all use, kind of. My perception of coaching was, okay, so it's a bunch of like woo-woo white women in Brooklyn who all shop at like- Obviously not all life coaches are just woo-woo white women hanging out at Whole Foods and none of them should be seen as a solution. A licensed professional, a therapist, is really what people need to see when they're going through difficult mental struggles. But if you're simply not satisfied with your life and could use a few tools to help you change that, then a life coach seems like a pretty decent option. After COVID-19, I'm sure we all felt that we could use one, and to some extent, it was the pandemic itself that helped legitimize this industry and help it grow even further. We were going through unprecedented times. Even people without a therapist who were managing themselves well were bound to feel some kind of stress from the whole ordeal. Having a knowledgeable person tell us it's going to be okay really can make a world of difference. But where's the catch? If life coaching is this useful, this life-changing, so to speak, then why is it here on an episode of Dark Dives? Well, that's because of one million dollar word that you've definitely heard me use before, regulation. Life coaching is an unregulated industry, meaning that if someone is effectively pretending to be a therapist, giving you terrible advice, or even manipulating a client into their favor, getting any form of recourse is especially challenging, if not outright impossible. Not only does this open the door for bad faith actors, but it does something a little worse than that. It opens the door for cults too. And today on Dark Dives, we're talking about exactly that. The story of how one life coaching group went from being a motivational group to a toxic cult. Age is a consciousness thing. It's not a, it's not a physical thing. Physical age is an age thing, okay? Everyone, you know, it's, it's your level of consciousness. Getting the right people to start those businesses in the first place. That's the determining factor here. The success, the critical success factor, as I call it out there, critical success factor of optimizing anything is the quality of the human being that you're dealing with. I looked down at his foot, his shoelace has, has come undone. But it was the way the senior responded. He sort of, he dropped his golf club. He sort of moved so fast across the green, dropped on one knee and knelt there tying up his shoelaces. I looked at him and thought, is that where I'm going? And if you want more content like this, you wanna see this content in advance, maybe even ad free, then maybe you should consider joining the Patreon, patreon.com slash Illuminati. We've got everything from advanced episodes, ad-free episodes, extra episodes, and an amazing community. So again, check it out, patreon.com slash Illuminati. When we started Lifetouse International Group Holdings, this organization wanted to address both those questions. How do we optimize? And what do we need to focus on in order to optimize? It boiled down to going out there and helping Primarily young people, and I don't mean just young in age, young in mind, young in heart, huh? I'm talking about 80 year olds, if you're young in heart and young in mind, okay? Age is a consciousness thing, it's not a, it's not a physical thing. Physical age is an age Lighthouse thing. International's Everyone, head mentor, Paul Waugh, did an interview with James Mills back in 2021. He tells the story of why he founded this company and what it means to him. See, although life coaching doesn't require a degree or a certificate, he claims to have traveled all over the world and has decades of experience in this field. 
1999, he already founded numerous businesses in South Africa, but he moved to the UK to better optimize those businesses. Even though Paul was seen as successful and a leader, he felt stuck. Like his businesses couldn't grow any further and he plateaued. This, he claims, was a failure he had to learn from. And after 18 subsequent years of researching human performance, he was ready to share that knowledge with the world. Paul formed the Entrepreneurial Club, which eventually paved the way for what we now know as the Lighthouse International Group. This is Paul's video explaining Lighthouse's origin story. Through the Lighthouse International Group, we help people start businesses or help them with the development of their careers. But we're in the business world. We're in the business of helping people with their careers. And from the onset, it sounds like a classic entrepreneur group. Like what any YouTube celebrity does the moment they start becoming well-known and, you know, pad their wallet a bit with it. Remember Jake Paul's financial freedom course? Yeah, he was financial free to take his fans' money and give them almost nothing in return, but I'm not sure if that's what the name was intended to reference. The fake financial guru or contrepreneurship class has become so standard, it's made a joke of itself. Just the words, have you seen my masterclass should send up red flags. In reality, many of these gurus are not financial wizards, but just young men that gain money through classes and their following only to pretend that they actually know what they're doing. It's like a televangelist. You're the one giving them all the money, but they walk around acting like they're the ones that earned it. These fake gurus can cause quite a bit of damage, absolutely. They take advantage of people's trust. Their followers may lose hundreds, thousands, or even tens of thousands of dollars by signing up for these courses and it can put a vulnerable person in an even more vulnerable position. As some sources explain, the only reason these gurus are able to succeed in the first place is because of perception manipulation. They look rich online. They have all the fancy cars and expensive homes and attractive women. Those looking up to them may not know the car and mansion are rented and the model was hired to be there. The audience is getting lied to. But here's the key difference. Lighthouse seemed promising and different because Paul did have businesses. He wasn't a celebrity turned businessman or a YouTuber like Jake Paul. The only thing they seemed to share was just a name. Paul himself started his platform to help people, right? As he said in a Medium article, quote, "'Our ultimate mission is to help conscientious people to overcome their obstacles to creating optimal value in order to be able to always say yes where we ought to say yes both inside and outside our front doors.'" Finally, it sounded like something real, something promising. At least, that's how it seemed. So what did she say? So she says that her boyfriend is in a cult, but it's not like any cult I've ever heard of. If you take a look at Lighthouse's website, it sure looks promising at a glance. They even have a notable cause on there called Parents Against Trolling. As overprotective or Karen-esque as it might sound on the surface, at least it looks like a genuine attempt to bring some kind of awareness to online bullying and making parents aware of how common it actually is. Their reviews are largely positive as well, with testimonials stating that the coaching and mentorship provided was invaluable. But once you look at the other reviews, things start to shift a little bit. Others call them a scam operated by bullies and an insult to cults. So what happened here? This was supposed to be a legitimate business to help people build businesses. So how did it become a cult? Well, since Lighthouse operates in the UK, this is exactly what the BBC were asking themselves. Even though it was founded almost 20 years ago with life coaching exploding in popularity in recent years, Lighthouse has also had a bit of a spotlight on it. 
And so BBC produced a documentary or episode on Lighthouse as part of the A Very British Cult series. We begin with Katrin Nye, a journalist learning of Lighthouse. As explained in the intro, what made this cult so interesting is that it isn't a bunch of people in robes practicing a strange religion. It isn't like Heaven's Gate or Jonestown or the isolated, eerie community you'd expect. Instead, Lighthouse operates right in your neighborhood and its members are essentially ordinary people who just want to start a business. It's simply ambitious people that want to better themselves being sucked in. The prime story we follow here to get a better understanding of how this happens is Dawn. Dawn is Jeff's girlfriend, and she was the one that contacted Katrin, asking her to get to the bottom of Lighthouse. And honestly, like any cult, frankly, it starts off innocent enough. Jeff joined a book club and was reading all the typical self-help books you've heard of, like Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. Jeff became close to Jay and paid 10,000 pounds for a year's worth of mentoring. In their conversations, you can hear the back and forth, the encouragement. I remember that you said, I like a challenge, I want to be challenged. <laughs> Not many people who say that and mean it. That was one of the times when I went, there's something different about this guy. I like, I like this guy. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. In time, began to share traumatic things, things I, f- I found deeply painful. So they'd be on the phone for like four hours. In time, Jay was a friend to Jeff, his closest friend at that. Jeff told Jay everything. He talked about his traumas, his relationship troubles, his finances, just very deeply personal stuff. Yes, it was mixing personal with business, but that's the point of a life coach, isn't it? Still, bit by bit, Jay started to have an impact on his life. For example, you know how you might respond differently to someone after an argument if you're in therapy? Maybe you'd just call someone an asshole and tell them to F off if you, you know, just get a little rambunctious. But maybe if you spoke to your therapist, you'd tell them, I feel unheard, or something that sounds maybe a bit less like, you know, enthusiastic, but also just as valid. Well, that's how it started with Jeff. His approach to life began to shift. If he were speaking to a qualified professional, then so be it. But a lighthouse coach? It was impacting his life a lot, perhaps to a worrying amount. Was Jeff really paying for professional help or just a best friend? See this come up. And the price is 25,000 pounds. He said the door is going to close. The next opening will be uh, 50,000, then 100, then 250. So there was a sense of urgency around it. He said it would be the best opportunity for you to succeed. It's a big risk to put in that much money. But I understood that you don't really get places unless you take huge risks. Well, he thought it was the former and as such put in even more money, 25,000 pounds. It was never presented as paying for coaching though. Instead, it was presented as investing in yourself. And this right here should have been a massive red flag. Investment implies that you're going to get money back, some kind of a return. And while Lighthouse coaching might help people become more motivated to get a better job, it's not as if Lighthouse is ever returning that cash to you. But once COVID hit and the world went on lockdown, Jeff, Simon, and other mentees didn't come to their senses and cut back on their spending. More desperate than ever and finding themselves without work, they joined Lighthouse full-time as a transcriber. Sometimes the calls Jeff would be a part of could be six hours long and you never knew when they were going to end. It could even be 10 hours, Jeff said, and transcribers sat there typing the whole thing up, hanging on to every word. I remember one evening I was in my room quite late and I'd actually turned the lights out to try and get to see. And I could hear him walking, standing just outside the door. I did feel this feeling the whole time, like, 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 like he was watching me. And this doesn't 
just sound exhausting, but it's genius in the worst way. Jeff was literally hooked into everything Paul was saying, whether he liked it or not. His friends and family began asking questions like, was this a pyramid scheme, a mentorship, or business coaching? It wasn't very clear, and the lines between personal and professional had been completely blurred by this point. Another member, Simon, had it even harder. He was living with other members and effectively paying for the flat by himself. His finances drained, his mentor effectively in total control of his life. And I do think it's a bit eerie just to see how these men fell into Lighthouse's grips. Jeff invested over 100,000 pounds into this company, but what did he get back? And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a pretty safe assumption to say that he doesn't feel great about himself right now. Sure, maybe he did feel motivated and convinced he was doing the right thing at the time, but in this documentary, he's filled with regret. At least it sounds that way. Unfortunately, we're only at the start. More and more, Jeff started to realize what control Paul had on every Lighthouse member. One story he tells the BBC illustrates this quite well. He's going to play golf with Paul and then um, we're tearing up and uh, Paul just sort of gets out of the golf caddy, grunts at one of the seniors and shakes his foot. I look down at his foot, his shoelace has, has come undone. But it was the way the senior responded. He sort of, he dropped his golf club he sort of moved so fast across the green, dropped on one knee and knelt there, tying up his shoelaces. I looked at him and thought, is that where I'm going? And so that's where a senior member finds themselves, tying up Paul's shoelaces? Unless Paul is a literal child who hasn't learned to tie them yet, which he isn't, I struggle to find any logic in this whatsoever. The only thing this actually achieves is putting someone down. So, so much for life coaching. I thought it was supposed to bring people up, but it seems to be going in the opposite direction here. And Lighthouse, by the way, found everything in people's journals, in those lengthy phone calls, all of it. Anyone that went against their message was toxic, and that included Jeff's girlfriend, Dawn. Paul said this about her when wondering why Jeff listened to her at all. And isn't that just lovely? So this is Paul, a millionaire, a successful life coach, asking Jeff if diamonds came out of his girlfriend's ass. And I'm sorry, Paul, but I really doubt your successes if you're that much of an absolute garbage person. And worse than that, Paul even told Jeff that he was about to snap and mash her face in should he stay with Dawn. J2 told Paul that Dawn didn't actually love him, that she wasn't who she said she was, seemingly brainwashing Paul into thinking that the other club members were the only genuine people in his life. As the BBC investigated this, the more and more they realized what a controlling bastard Paul really was. They had 16,000 pages of transcripts and over 90 hours of these conversations. They learned how Jay had been monitored at all times, watched by a senior, all his texts were read, and closely guided by Paul. And of course, while I don't speak for Jay or any member, this sounds like pretty classic brainwashing with Paul at the head of it. Let's take a look at what the Cult Education Institute has to say on it too. So is there extreme obsessiveness regarding the group leader? Yes. The individual identity being blurred? Yes. The group leader not being questioned? Yes. Seemingly programmed conversations? Yes. Dependency and hyperactivity on the group leader? Yes and yes. And you can keep going down the list, but all the characteristics are there. It gets even scarier though, because when Lighthouse was questioned by Melissa's family as being legit or not, the unthinkable happened. When Martin found out that Mel had left her job to go full-time at Lighthouse without telling her family, he called her up. 
And so I had a phone call with her and I said, look, all this research I've done, these guys are absolute crooks. The next day, Chris and somebody else in the group came and took her away. And my heart broke hearing those words and the way Martin's voice chokes up at the very end. Her mentor, Chris, took her. Yes, she went willingly, and she currently writes online, blogging about how happy she is at Lighthouse. But the unfortunate reality from what we're seeing is she's trapped in a cult. As Martin says, it's as if Melissa had died, because the woman that was his daughter simply is not his daughter anymore, and his family has been destroyed. And yet, so many people are terrified to come forward. They don't want to face Paul in court. They don't want to admit that they struggle with anxiety and dump tens of thousands of pounds away to this cult. Some do. One man, Anthony, told the BBC that Jay promised him Lighthouse could cure his depression. Not only were they a cult, but a cure-all. Medications? No. Jay told him there's meaning in his pain and he needed to reach the next level of suffering to get off his medication. And just, hmm. Excuse me, but Anthony struggled with attempting to end his own life. So what, what is the next level of suffering? I think that's pretty much the edge there, buddy. Jay could have pushed this man off of a very dangerous ledge, but thank fuck Anthony started questioning Lighthouse and eventually did leave, because I don't doubt that this could have killed him had he stayed. And there are more and more stories out there, more cases where people paid them tens of thousands of dollars, changed their mortgage, were verbally abused by Lighthouse, and threatened with their own personal information. One young woman left wrote about her experience, how it almost got her in trouble with her school, as Lighthouse emailed them saying she was under criminal investigation, attempting to expel her and ruin her life. This documentary from the BBC is absolutely eye-opening. I highly recommend checking out the entire thing. But this episode, this documentary, it truly did break the dam open. It effectively solidified its place as a cult. Numerous experts even appeared on the show agreeing with that assessment. And all right, the jury's out. The professionals all say one thing. Lighthouse is a cult, one that we're seeing be exposed in real time. Often, I talk about previous cults, ones that have been recently caught or ones that existed long ago, like the one in Kenya, Ranjishpuram, or Jonestown. That's typically what we think of when we think of cults. It's a past tense thing. But the documentary of Lighthouse was only just released a short while ago, and they're still morphing to this day, piece by piece. Now, in recent months, they've started to say that they're not just life coaches, but students of Jesus as well. A religious aspect has entered the picture here, which, in my opinion, only makes them all the more dangerous. But Lighthouse, of course, says otherwise. Now, I have to admit, I was surprised to see that Lighthouse has actually responded to these allegations. Sure, toward the end of the documentary, a short interview with Paul has him saying, we're not a cult and you don't know the facts. But beyond that, we don't often see cults or cult-adjacent organizations truly get into the claims made against them. But Lighthouse does have an entire page devoted to the allegations, so let's dissect that. They start by calling BBC's documentary a Documithery, which clever, good for them. Then beneath that, they've posted an eight minute video meant to debunk what the BBC has said about them, which spoiler alert, didn't really debunk much of anything. Frankly, it only seems to legitimize the allegations made against them because this video opens up with a Bible verse reading, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you because of Jesus. 
The thing is, I'm pretty sure that Bible verse was actually referencing that it's a good thing to stand up for your religion, even if people condemn you for it. Not blessed are you when people call you out for committing financial fraud, but hey, I'm not a religious cult, so what do I know? From there, Lighthouse says over superhero piano music, might I add, that they're going to reveal the narcissistic abuse, child abuse, and sexual abuse that the BBC perpetuates. And I mean, honestly, yeah, big institutions constantly have issues, so I wouldn't be surprised if the head of the BBC abused staffers, even though this hasn't been said, because these kinds of allegations come out against news media giants all the time. That being said, let me be perfectly clear, I am not saying that is the case, I am just saying I would not be surprised. Now, I also think that cults and other cult-like organizations need to be publicly called out for their actions, just like how big corporations need to be held accountable for their issues. Both of these things can be true at the same time. Like, calling out the BBC doesn't absolve the group of any wrongdoing, but I guess Lighthouse only sees this in black and white, and life rarely is that way. But shouldn't they know that as life coaches? Anyway, doesn't matter apparently. Now, from there, Lighthouse says that it's too easy for the BBC to spread information, sounding very anti-freedom of speech and anti-news media while they do it, and they call themselves a healthy community. Tweets of Paul saying, I invite you to come talk to us, flash across the screen, when, as we saw in BBC footage, he's incredibly hostile and refused to speak to anyone. While he tries to make himself appear willing to talk and dispel rumors online, he sure didn't appear that way when someone actually offered him a microphone. The thing is, I am willing to hear Lighthouse out. If they have definitive evidence and proof of the transactions, their sales tactics and things of that nature, simply show it. Surely they've got thousands of pages of transcripts and hours of audio recording too, right? Why not play it and show their innocence? But instead, Lighthouse implies that it's the rest of the world that's a cult, calling out one of the experts featured in the BBC footage to do so. Self-proclaimed cult expert Alexandra Stain claims there's a cult in your neighborhood. You're right, Miss Stain. But what if that cult happens to be your family? What do you do then? And yes, families can be abusive and cult-like, absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt in that. We've seen it before, and yes, I hope that anyone in that kind of situation can get out of it and find the help they need. But because your family doesn't support you joining Lighthouse, that doesn't automatically make them a cult. While I may be just reading into things here a little too much, it also seems implied that Melissa's family was abusive or at the very least toxic. You? Maybe they're abusing you or just getting in the way of you living your life and you're a grown adult. You can make your own decisions and you can make your own mistakes and take responsibility for that. Where do you go? Who do you turn to? This is why we've set up Lighthouse Global Media to give a voice As her dad was featured in the documentary explaining that his daughter was taken and he didn't seem to like his daughter anymore, I'm sure Lighthouse wanted to show her alive and well and feature her disputing that testimony. Is it possible that Melissa's dad isn't as kind and worried about her as he seemed in front of the BBC? Sure, it is a possibility. But again, that doesn't negate that Lighthouse could still be a cult too. They can still be toxic, even if their family members had toxic families or even worse situations. Their rebuttal goes on and on about how supportive they've been and how good they are, but I just don't see it. And I mean, if anything, the more I look at them, the worse they get. Get this, they even have a Way Rooms for financial mentorship. Way, as in Paul Way's last name, but it sounds like War Rooms, and it reminds me so much of that association that it's laughably terrible. 
They're both run by self-proclaimed financial gurus, but they both exploit people, they both cost an exorbitant amount, and the only real difference here is that one places a ton of emphasis on treating women like dirt and allegedly trafficking them, at least in my opinion anyway. But let's take opinion out of it for a moment and let's look at the facts. How terrible is Lighthouse really? Well, for starters, a journalist in South Africa confirmed that Paul's businesses do not exist. They're apparently rental apartments, and one of his landladies has even accused Paul of always trying out get-rich-quick schemes. The very foundation of Lighthouse is apparently a sham because Paul is not who he says he is. He's not a talented millionaire. He's merely a schemer. It's also a pure, indisputable matter of fact that people have given tens of thousands of pounds to Lighthouse and walked away no better off than when they arrived, and often worse off. Current members are in horrible debt. Debt collectors have allegedly even come to their renters' homes, whereas Paul lives in a gorgeous luxury home all for himself. Paul claimed that Franklin Covey, the deceased founder of an exceedingly successful life coaching company, had a personal relationship with him. Yet the company itself, Franklin Covey, says that they are unaware of any connection there. And as a matter of fact, Lighthouse was under investigation by the UK for false and misleading accounts, their finances, lack of transparency, and things of that nature. The court has insisted that they're working against public interest. A court has decided that, and while I'm not about to say that every court is right and far from it, at least we can say that the court had the facts, both sides, and then made their decision. And I agree with that. Not only does Lighthouse work against public interest, but they're actively harming those they claim to help. The real tragedy at the end of the day here is to see families and relationships ripped apart. I thought an important part of life coaching was relationship building, but I guess that's not really part of it. Now, while Lighthouse hasn't been fully shut down and made a complete scandal of yet, I do hope that they are someday soon, very, very soon. I think they should be ashamed of themselves, especially Paul, Jay, and the higher up leaders, those that treat the people beneath them like cash cows. I guess the message here is at the end of the day, if you want to be a life coach or you want to get life coaching, just make sure the group that you're interested in joining is in a cult first. Because I guess it was only a matter of time, but my God, I did not expect life coaching and cult to become a thing, but it sure as hell makes sense now. But with all of that being said, that is where we're ending today's episode of Dark Dives. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date with all the latest episodes. As always, thank you so much for joining me. I do really appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.